Derrick Rose. You talk about one of the most loved like hoopers. Like who didn't like D Rose in his prime, bro? Oh man. I saw him the other day and he was like, "What up, boss?" Da 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 da. And a part of me is like, you know, obviously I played it cool. Like, what's up, man? Where are you working out? When I left, my friends was like, bro, D Rose. That was fucking D Rose, bro. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Uh, this is Austin Rivers with Uninterrupted, my podcast. I'm going to go off. Very excited to be doing this. This is a good opportunity for me just to be talking about sports, hip-hop, culture, life. Very, very excited to be here. We have a Uninterrupted producer, TD, in the building. Austin, what's going on, man? What's up, man? What's up? Finally glad to get you in the booth. It's been a while, and this has been a process. It has been. To, to, to get this going, but we are here now. That is facts, and let's let's get right to it, man. Let's you go. Know, it's your new podcast, right? All right. Speaking of new, your new dad. Yes, I am. How's that going? I'm trying to accept the fact that I'm a father. Like my friends don't take me serious, and I'm a father because I, I need to I need to mature myself, and I'm out here trying to be a father. Um, I'm I'm really excited about it though. Like to have a responsibility of molding someone's mind. Like I like, I have stuff that's bigger than everything that mattered before is now second, and that's scary, you know. Uh, but I'm excited about it though. Yeah, that's what they say. They say priorities change. You know, the moment it happens, you just feel like there's something way more important than you. Everyone has said that, right? So everyone's always like, "Man, I hear when the baby comes, your priorities change, right?" Like, uh, like it's like almost like people that but that's doesn't even do it justice. Like I come home and there's like this tiny me sitting there, and I'm like, I can't believe like that's that's mine. Like I'm I'm a father, like. It doesn't hit you until you have the responsibilities of having to get home right after workout. So instead of driving around my boys and going doing all types of whatever BS, I, I got to get home and, and be on my stuff. I got stuff I have to do. So it's just a huge change, um, but uh, it, it does change for the better. Speaking of, speaking of changes, you just got traded this offseason. Yeah. From the Clippers. Yeah. Your dad's team. Yeah. How does that feel? Feels good. <laughs> I'll say this, man. Let's be honest. Let's, Austin, it's your podcast. Right. You want to be authentic. Right, right. This is this is what I'll say about, for people who are listening to this, um, one thing I want this podcast to be different is I don't want this to be politically correct. Um, even if this does sometimes get me in hot water, I just want you to know that I'm always going to try to be honest because I feel like the people listening to this, uh, I'm not going to treat you like idiots and, and, and try to make this politically correct. I want you to not have to try to see through the BS. I want this to be an, a raw, authentic conversation. Uh, and that way people can actually enjoy listening to something, knowing that I'm not out here just trying to protect a brand or something. I'm, I'm just going to be talking. Um, so back to the topic at hand. And not to cut you off, your your publicist, Lauren, is in the room yeah. right now. And, and she's, she's probably shaking. not. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Just yeah. so you guys know, my publicist is in the room right now, probably texting me silently. Yeah. Like, don't do this. I think part of this trying to get you on board, you, we didn't have to get you on board. You, you were on board. You wanted yeah, to I want to do this. I had to get her more on board, I feel like. Right. When I told my friends that I was doing a podcast and my teammates, they said, Austin, because they all know who I am. And I say things, I say whatever's on my mind sometimes. And they all look at me like, uh, they're like, I'm not going to lie. It would be very, I'm going to listen if you do one, but I'm scared that you're going to get in trouble. I'm not going to say nothing that's going to be crazy. I would never disrespect anybody. That's the thing I'm not going to do. But I'm also going to try to be real as possible and always keep it truthful. That way fans can 
and not I don't even want to call them fans, just listeners, people who just want to listen to good conversation. Yep. You know, it's not just a normal, you know, regular conversation. Otherwise, you could turn on the TV and go to one of the sports shows and listen to that. So that's not what this is. Exactly. So what uninterrupted, which is what, where this podcast is, that's right. what we do, right? We want to bring that authentic voice of the athlete, right? And that's why I wanted to go with you guys, um, just because I felt like this was a good match, and uh, this gives me a good opportunity to voice my opinion. And also, I think the best thing about this is there's no cutting my words and making a quote and spinning it. Everything I'm saying is right here. So there's no more like me getting caught up in saying things and missing. There's no misinterpretation. You're like, you're going to hear it right here and hear my voice and whether I'm being sarcastic or joking, serious. And everything is right here on the table. Uh, so that's that's a good thing about this. Let me ask you this. You see, you know, J.J. Reddick, Blue Devil like Great yourself. Great podcast. Right? C.J. McCollum. Great podcast. Richard Jefferson, Channing Fry, Great these podcast. guys have, yep. you know, Those are the three. podcast trip. Those are the three. Those are the three guys that I've, I've enjoyed listening to. Did that encourage you to be like, you know what, I can do this. Yes. You know? You know what? I saw JJ, he would do it before practice or after practice. He'd go in his little room. He had his whole little setup. And at first, everybody was like, even I, I'm, again, mind you, at the time, I'm like 23. This is like four years ago when he first started doing this. And he was with Yahoo, I think, at the time. Correct, yep. Uh, I was trying, to, I would like come in and we'd joke around with him and he was like dead serious. He'd be like, y'all leave me alone, you leave me alone. We're like, what's JJ think he's doing over here? Like, you know, like we would make fun of him. And then next thing you know, it's this. He has like an actual segue off the court that if he wants to entertain or do multiple years down the line, he could just segue right into doing what he's doing. He already has a following. And then he came to the point where I was like, man, that's actually pretty smart. And he's good at it. Every plane ride, this guy is either on his phone, on mm -hmm. Twitter, or reading, he reads nonstop. Researchers, researchers, researchers. He's a very inquisitive guy anyways. He wants to know a lot about everything. He likes to try to get his hands into everything. And I mean, it, it shows in his product, so. We're taping in LA right now, yep. right? It's the beginning of September. Right. You're heading over to DC soon, but let's, let's go back to when the trade happened, right. how you heard. What what did you think? What did you feel? What was crazy, I was already in Miami training with John. Um, and I went down there to train, and he happened to be there. And then we just linked up, talked to each other, hung out, whatever, whatever. Um, and uh, John Wall. Yeah. And uh, next thing you know, I get a call out the blue um, from Sam Cassell. And he was like, you know, in his Sam Cassell voice. People have heard me do the Sam Cassell invitation, but he was like, you know, hey, man, you – you know, you you're about to get traded. You know, son's son's about to go down. You bet. You know, you ever heard him talk? It's very yep. hard to understand. Sam Sam's telling me son's about to get. You know, hey, and I'm like sitting here like what, what? And then like that, I get a call. Once Doc and Lawrence call, it's it's real. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh shit, you know, what? Well, so if you're living under a rock and you don't know that Doc is Austin's dad, yeah. shame on you. First of all, <laughs> but two. So Sam called you first before Doc. Yeah, Sam called me first. Sam was the first person to call me. Um, I think, um, you know, just to keep it real, Sam was the guy who really coached me just because of how weird that situation is. I mean, let's call it for what it is. I played for my father in the NBA. That's crazy. I never thought I would want to do that or actually do it. And then it happened. And then it was like, at the time when I got traded there, I was – like a below average pro trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? And I wasn't a below average player 
I was just a pro because I haven't shown anything at the time. I was a young guy. People are like, oh, he traded for you because you're a son. No, they traded me because it was a low-risk, high-reward situation. It was one of those things where, like, if I don't work out, then they're not going to resign me. They didn't have to trade really anything to get me. So they traded whatever to get me. And it was one of those things where he's like, oh, I know how my son can play. He's pretty damn good if we can develop him and mold him. If it works out, then we'll, then, it, it, then it's a win for us. If it doesn't, then we get rid of him this summer or don't sign him because my, my deal was up. So it was like one of those low-risk, high-reward situations. Anybody actually knows basketball understands this. Situation worked out. I developed a little bit that first year, second year, and then I took like a jump that third year. And then last year, obviously, I had a career year. And um, that's when it was shocking. I think they had I had a lot of value or more value this summer to where um, they actually wanted more for me, I think, than what they got. But they were able to get uh, uh, G, uh, Mark uh, Gortat. Um, and it was a situation where I'm not going to say I didn't want to resign there. Um, I love the Clippers. This is no BS, no bullshit. I, I love the Clippers organization. How could I not? I came there as a, as a kid and developed into a man. Uh, I came there as unprofessional, developed into a professional, and I came in there as an okay player leaving as a starting level type player. Um, so everything I, I, I did there, I appreciate. But I felt like my head was hitting a ceiling because I was ultimately playing for my dad. And no matter what I did, it always came back to that. I could have 200 points in a game. and so, That would be a record, but yes. Right. I'm just being super <laughs> sorry. I'm being super, yeah. like, you know, just to prove a point. Yep. Being super over the top. I could score 60, 50, 40, whatever. And people are like, oh, well, his dad's a coach. As if that has anything to do with me being on the floor. He's on the sideline. I'm on the floor. So I, no matter what I do, he can't help me. I'm out there alone just like every other player. But no matter what I did, that is what ultimately came back to me is me playing for my dad for the Sun. So I feel like my head was really hitting that ceiling, man. Yep. And I told them, listen, my deal's up in a year from now. And I had talks with my father, honest talks with Sam Cassell, honest talks with Lawrence Frank. And they said, how do you see your future here? And I said, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think they got the feeling that in a year from now, I probably would not choose to come back. Like, and that's just, that's nothing against them too. It just it has to do with me and my father. And it's nothing he did. It just has to do with black and white. He's my father. And I'm, I'm human too, man. I don't want to portray myself as some like individual who doesn't care what anybody thinks. Like I, I have that level of, I want to call it pride and ignorance where I don't really give a fuck what people think. Yeah. But at some point, I'm like, damn, man. Like You're I want to, I want to get respect like everybody else. Like yeah. I, I, when I, when I play well, I want the same type of endeavors everybody else gets. You know what I mean? So that's where I was just like, you know, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I don't know if I want to play here anymore. I'm tired of this shit, man. Like, I just want to go somewhere and hoop like I did my whole life. When I was the number one player in high school, I, I didn't get any shit, bro, because I was out there just hooping. When I was at Duke, nothing. When I play for Clippers, it's just a – I'm like, man, I'm out here having 30-point games, 20-point games. On, I almost had a 20-point game every other night. Yep. Nothing. No respect because I played – and I got respect within the league. Like, yep. every player and coach and GM, which is most important anyways, because those are guys who obviously decide if you get paid, the guys in the front office, those guys looked at me different. But from a public standpoint, it was rough. And I'm just like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, man. Like, I would like to go somewhere else and just be free. So when I got traded back to that, mm -hmm. a part of me was like, man, I'm sad because I'm leaving, like, my family and my friends and the people that I grew there. But a part of me was like, this is what I've been waiting for. Like, this is what I wanted. Like, I, I wanted to be on a new team. I wanted a fresh start. I wanted to be in a situation where now next year when I go do what I do, there's no more excuses. Now, if you have anything, it's just you just don't like me, which is fine. I could deal with that. But no more daddy-son talk. So that's fascinating, right, for multiple reasons. One, you're, 
you you know you met with the front office and you sort of maybe gave them an idea that you might be looking at other options when it's when right. Time I don't even want up. to call it a meeting. It's yeah. just me being around the gym, just being and talking to me. Yeah. I mean, and it's more so even on a personal level. Me and Sam and me are really close. Me yeah. and Sam Cassell are close, and even Sam talking to me. I think honestly, that's where I was more comfortable talking about this with Sam than even my own father, just because the situation was yeah. already that, unorthodox. That's what I wanted to get to. It's like. The idea of playing for your father at the NBA level, this is not, you know, varsity or whatever. Right. NBA level could, for some, be, like, awesome. Could be a dream. Right. It felt like it was the opposite of that for you. I don't take it back because yeah. we did something that's never been done. Exactly. Like, you should be able to right. have enjoyed and it. And that's where I thought it was going to be. Like, you know what's crazy is, right, it was up and down. I'm just talking in terms of me personally. I loved it. Right? Like I had an amazing time playing for the Clippers. I played for a guy who I trusted and a guy who knew my game. Like who? What's better than that, right? I had an unbelievable playing experience here in LA, bar none, point blank period. As far as the public perception, it was very up and down. When I got there, it was bad. Then I had that playoff series versus Houston. It was good. And the next year was bad. Then I had the game where my eye almost came out, and everybody Playoffs, was yeah. like. Oh, he's you know we love he is he is a hooper da, da, yeah. da. and then this it was like up and down to the point where I was like I'm tired of I want people to either like me or not like me off my actions yeah and off who I am and then that's fine but nothing that's out of my control anytime you're playing for something and it's out of your control like I can't control that this is my father man like I'm here and it's a messed up situation in some people's eyes whatever people thought it was at some point I was just like man like I just want to go play like everybody else and I deserve that because I work for it so. I'm in a position now where I get to do that, and uh, I'm excited about it. And you're getting ready for your seventh season. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm 26 years old in my seventh year. Seventh year, this is your third team. 13. Yep. Yeah. Do you remember what it was like just coming into the league? Because you, you came into the league one year in college at Duke. Yeah. High school where your number one player in the country was you, Anthony Davis. Right. I, I played in Florida, so known about you for a long time. You know, you have the popular mixtape. I'm going to go off. Hence the, <laughs> hence the title of this hence podcast. The title. You know, so what was that like in New Orleans when you first got into the league where a lot of people were like – you know, scorer, but, you know, tunnel vision, thinks right. he's Kobe. Right, 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 right. How will you experience and all of that, but knowing that what your game was being a confident scorer? Confidence is mixed with arrogance because that's, that's what people persuade. If you're confident, you're arrogant, which is not the way I see myself. I see myself as a confident basketball player, but a humble human being. I've always had the mindset to be, you have to believe you're cocky enough to be great, but humble enough to know you need to get a lot better. If people can't understand that, then those aren't the people I want on my side anyway. I, I, I can't relate to people who want to be, uh, I have to, you can't be confident. You have to stay in your lane. Like there's no such thing in that in my group or my family. Like we don't, we don't believe in that. Hence the why we're doing what we're doing. And it's like me coming in there being confident rubbed a lot of people the wrong way or the right way. Me coming from money really rubbed people the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? Like the kid who came from everything, who's acting like this, it was a problem and I get it. Like I can actually get outside myself and understand that. And I, I can, I can like look at that and be like, I get that. You know what I mean? I never thought I was Kobe Bryant. You know what I mean? But that was the mind. I kept hearing that name. Like when I was coming out, he thinks he's Kobe, he wants to be a 
think I'm Kobe. Like, what are you talking about, bro? I don't want to be Kobe. I can't be Kobe. Kobe was a poster child for coming in the league super young, right. and super arrogant. And that's what people said yeah. I was. People said I was. I came in the league like I, like Kobe was. And I never have compared myself to that man. You know what I mean? And not because what he's done is wrong, but because I, I as, as, cocky, as cocky and confident as I am, I'm not stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not fucking Kobe Bryant, bro. You know what I mean? I'm nothing. We, first off, we're totally different players. All right? Uh, and I'm not comparing myself to arguably one of the greatest players of all time. I just, and I've always told this, I tell my AAU team this, I tell my people this, I don't ever try to be someone else, I just try to be the best me I can, and whatever that is, that is, but as long as I can look in the mirror and be like, man, I, I, I maxed out myself, then I'm fine with that. And coming in to the league, I'll say this, as cocky or confident, whatever people wanna say I am, I think the one thing I can honestly get outside myself and say is, I was immature in terms of thinking I knew too much, and I didn't. And that's why I struggled. My first year or two in the league, I had struggles because I, I was a know-it-all. I was a know-it-all. But, but the one thing I was able to get over that is I had crazy work ethic. Like everyone knows, like I'm a, I'm a workhorse. And that, just to go back one second, that's what really frustrated me when I was playing with the Clippers. With people like, oh, because of his dad. People have no idea how much I'm in the gym. Like that really got under my skin. But that's the here nor there. You know, back to what we're talking about. That that's what the miss. That that was my biggest issue with 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 them was was because you kind of already knew the NBA. Obviously, growing right. up in the NBA, but there's family, no knowing it until you're in it. Everybody's exactly. like, you know, he he's been around the league, been around the league. I've never played. Yep. I mean, what does that matter? Like, yep. I've been around. Listen, I, I got I had different access than other player kids have. At the end of the day, it's all the same. When you lace them up, it's five on five. It's individual. You're alone out there. There's nothing you could do. There's no yep. prepping that my dad did for me to get me ready for the league. I had to go out there and take my L's like everyone else did. When you're young, you take L's. That's what you do when you're a rookie, right? You take L after L, and what they're supposed to be is lessons, not losses, all right? I don't, I don't believe in the whole L. I'm talking about lessons. Lesson after lesson after lesson. And what you do is you slowly over time take less of less of less and less and less L's and more W's. And you learn how to be a professional. You learn how to score, create for people, defend, be a leader, be a locker room guy, be a guy that people like hanging around. And this is something that I had to learn over the years. And I definitely, do you know how difficult it was for me to do these things, playing from when I left New Orleans to do it under my dad? Yep. Do you understand how hard it would be to be cool with the locker room guys when your dad's the coach, bro? Yeah. Because they feel like everything they said, I'm going to go tell him. Do you understand the bullshit I had to deal with? How did you deal with that? Was that a real thing? I made thing? it clear from day one. I was like, y'all can say whatever y'all want around me. I'm not going to... If anybody's gonna be getting into a doc, it's gonna be me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just because I'm a son. Like, that, and that, you can ask anybody, DJ, Chris, Blake, they all knew after like that first year being with me, even guys who have said things about me in the past, they would even tell, even those guys would tell you, like, I was never the dude that, like, if I heard something, I'd go run and tell Doc, like, yo, so and so said that. Like, because what does that do? Like, I don't understand what that did. Because if it got back to me, then my credibility is done. You understand? I couldn't nope. afford to do it. Even if I was that type of guy, which I'm not, if I did something, so if I pulled a stunt like that, my credibility in that locker room in the league forever on would be dead. Like, you don't want to be yeah, you don't hashtag be that snitch, hashtag locker room rat. Like, once you're one of those Teach guys, yeah. you, don't, you don't come back from that, man. Like, I, I didn't want nothing to do with that. Nothing. So let's go back really quick to your rookie year, right? You coming into the league thinking you know it all. You didn't think you were Kobe, like you said. But who did you look up to? Like, my favorite player growing up was Brandon Roy and Dwayne Wade. Okay. Those were my two favorite players. That's why when people said Kobe, Chris Paul, these guys, listen, like, my game wasn't that. So forget me being as good as these guys or whatever. Like, 
I'm just talking about in terms of just playing style. Yep. I liked looking and watching guys that I like. I like. I played like. I didn't watch LeBron because I, I don't have. I'm not six eight with the freakish abilities. Like I can't do the things he does, but I can do different things that maybe he can or maybe this guy can or whatever. Right. Like I watched Darren Williams in at Utah. Darren Williams. Um, I love Brandon Roy. I love Dwayne Wade. These are the guys that like I watched on a daily basis. You recently worked out with D Wade, crazy, right? And a bunch of other guards around the right. league. What has it been like playing against D Wade through the years and knowing it's someone you pattern your game after? Bro, like I'm there, and I think he thinks like, especially because it's my seventh year and I'm coming off a good year. Like I walk in there and they're like, "Oh, Austin's here." Da 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 da. Like he don't know that I'm in there like being a kid, like inside, like, yo, that's Dwayne Wade, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he has no, and I played it all cool. You know, I'm in there like Got training to. with him, like whatever, <laughs> like, but like even my boys were like, yo, that's, that's fucking flash. Bro. flash. That's flash. bro. Like we grew up in Florida. So Dwayne Wade, if, if you either a T-Mac fan. T-Mac and then when T-Mac's, time was, when T-Mac's time was done, it was D-Wade, bro. Yep. You know what I mean? Like that's just what it was. So like seeing him in there, like it's crazy. Cause like the youth now is all social media. So, like, people, even they, like, don't know, like, what this guy was when he was in his prime. Like, if they had social media when this guy used to catch a body every night, they have no idea how dominant this guy was. And, like, he did it on both ends. Bro. So, I'm in here at this 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 thing, like, working out with him, you know. But, like, I'm, I know if you asked him, like, he probably saw me catch him, like, just look at him, like, 20 times, bro. Like, if he caught me, I just was like, because, like. He kept walking by my like, yo, that's fucking D Wade. That's D Wade, bro. And like, you've been in the league seven years, but you're right. still able to like appreciate bro, it from a man. fan point of view. You got like, to, bro. You got to. Otherwise, like then you, then you get outside. That doesn't mean like pe- players think like you can't be that humble and yeah. like appreciate a player without being like, oh well, I don't think myself's that good. I, am I a fan? No, bro. There's nothing wrong being a fan. That doesn't mean that you don't think you're great too. Like I still like we hooped up, we laced it up. Asked Dwayne, we, we were playing ones. I was out there getting busy, bro. Like. I we played pickup. I was yep. getting buckets on everybody, but when that pickup is done yeah. and we're off the court, we're all like icing up. I'm like, so love. Yeah, it's fucking Dwayne Wade, yeah. bro. Like this is this is like what top three. My my eyes, third best shooting guard ever. At and least Mike, Mike Kobe and his Wade, in my opinion. That's At just, least just me personally. Yeah. I mean, like, man, what what am I supposed to not talk to this man? Like, I'm man, it's crazy. And you got like he had Melo there. Yep. He had CP3 there. Yep. And Melo gets so much hate because of his recent years or whatever. Hoodie like, Melo. Yeah, like Hoodie Melo. Like, man, listen, fuck all the Hoodie Melo. I remember Denver Melo. Yep. New York Melo. Melo yep. was, like, probably top five hardest players to ever guard in the league, bro. There's yep. nothing you could do with that man. That dude is a 6'8", 2, what was he, like 270? I don't know yeah. what he is, but he's 6'8", 270. Big dude. And he's actually got a crazy first quick step. Insane. Uh, consistent jumper. One of the prettiest looking yep, jumpers yep. in the league. That's when the, the cool mid, thing, right? When the mid-range game, Dude, mid-range game was still a thing. He has one of those yeah. jumpers that when he shoots it, you want it to go in because yeah. it looks so pretty. It looks it's better. It's like Ray Allen's jumper. Like, it's just a so, it's just a sexy-ass flick of the wrist, bro. He's a great jumper. Yep. Uh, and that's, I mean, yeah, he was. Yeah, people even, forget. Bro, people they forget. forget quickly. That's they the forget. same. Like, man, they have no, they're just an era, like, they're like five years too early. Yep. And that's LeBron, right. And LeBron, LeBron got it because he's still killing, so everybody appreciates Longevity, him. Longevity, yeah. They forget about the Wade. Even Chris, and Chris has been killing too still. Chris is still at an elite level, top yeah. five point guard. But he's had to change his game a little bit, Right, obviously. but people, people like, I've never seen, like, House of Highlights, Bleacher Report, like, never seen them put Chris Paul crossover mixes on, yeah. on Instagram. Like, bro, dude was, 
you know, that's just it is what it is. Yeah. I, we talked about this the other day, my friends, top five forgotten great Greatest. players. Yeah. And I was like, Brandon Roy's got to be number one. Because that's oh, yeah. my guy, right? Do you remember the game Brandon Roy came back? No, I play off. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Versus Maps? Yes. Bro, you already know. This is I, what I'm telling you. What are you telling? Just, Fourth quarter? Just from a human point of view. Because that was probably the last time it really you got shot. chills, bro. It was like hope. You it know was, what I mean? Like to see that happiness. man go through what he was going through. Everyone in that crowd, it was bigger than that game. Because oh. like you're seeing this man who was dominant in the league and go through terrible knee injuries. And then he's like fighting through it, and like comes back in this game, and is like playing at that level. Just that again. moment, it and was movie like. It a was part insane. of it, like you knew, like we don't know if he's gonna keep doing this again, and like we don't know if he's gonna be Brandon Roy again. But like this moment, it'd be like Derrick Rose, right? Yeah. To, to put it in perspective, it'd be like Derrick Rose coming back and having like, say, he signed with Chicago yep. for a year, right? Yep. And he has like a huge game in the playoffs where he's Monster like going game. off. Yep. People would be like, this isn't about winning or losing the game. Like, yep. let's just appreciate Derek playing at this level. Might again. be the last time you see it. And He's if, another guy, yeah, bro. Like, sure. I saw him the other day and he was like, what up, boss? Da, 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 da. And a part of me is like, you know, obviously, I played it cool. Like, what's up, man? Where are you working out? Da, da, da. When I left, my friends was like, bro, D Rose. I was fucking D Rose, bro. <laughs> Derek Rose, man. D Rose. Like, bro, he, you talk about one of the most loved, like, Hoopers. Like, who didn't like D Rose in his prime, bro? Oh, man. They're, they're just guys who are just like heroes, even to players, right? And D Rose is one of them, for Dude, sure. D Rose was like, he was the guy that like was the only person in the league that would go at Braun, and people were like, man, like, and he's a 6'2 or 6'3 guard. You remember him like going at Wade and LeBron? Like, that's the team he had to beat in the East. And he yep. was like pushing them to the brink. Like, yep. just, and no, no disrespect to his supporting cast, but like, his yeah, that team, team was him. His <laughs> team was not like, you know, he didn't have like, you know he had some he had some good players. He had yeah. like Carlos Boozer, Joe Kim Noah in his yep. prime. He had Luol Deng. He had some good guys, yep. but like like Derek was out there. Like it was like a similar version to the Sixers with AI back in the day, where they right. had defense. Right, right, it wasn't right. as bad, where it was just AI taking fifty yeah, yeah, shots. No, yeah, that team was much. That team. Yeah. <laughs> but you know it, they had the same sort of setup where D Rose was option one, two, right. or three. Right. Um, but let's go back. You mentioned some of your former teammates. Um, speaking of trades, Blake Griffin obviously got traded. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, you, you talked about you know the locker room and the weirdness, awkwardness there being there with your dad. Blake obviously is a jokester. There's that highlight clip way back in the day, the viral clip of Blake making fun of you, like <laughs> doing the impression. I actually got mad because I had imitated him first, and everybody was dying laughing, right? But no one had the camera. No out one had the camera. Out. Cause so, cause I just did it on the fly. Yep. I grabbed the ball right, and I started imitating Blake. So everybody's like crying, laughing, because I was doing stuff that Blake does. Did you do the jumper where he holds yeah, it I, until I, I, he so lands? I, like, I did like five in and out dribbles <laughs> behind the backs, and then I did the whole jumper and then shot it. I did purposely like waited till I landed and traveled and then shot the ball, and everybody was laughing. So Blake, being Blake, goes okay. So Blake goes and grabs the ball. So then everybody grabs the camera. Matt Barnes is the one who tweeted it. Matt grabs it. It puts it up, and he does the the, hair, the hilarious uh, whatever he did the uh, I saw like heavy, and he throws the ball over the backboard. <laughs> and then I wake up. We go. We go. This is game. Oh, no, day. No, no. You forget he did the whole clear out thing. He it goes was like, "Everybody clear. Get the fuck out the way. Get the fuck out the way." This is a game day in Philly, right? Yeah. I go to sleep and take a nap. Man, I come to the game. I don't even know. I'm not on Twitter and Instagram. I go to my locker, and the media is like crazy around my locker. So part of me is like, "All right, I don't know." What the fuck? You know, I mean, at that time, remember, this is my second year there. I might have been my first year there. I was like hell, like just small role player, bro. I played yeah. like 15 minutes a game. So I'm like, something's up, bro. Like someone said something because like I was averaging like seven points a game, bro. Like I wasn't nothing crazy. So I'm like, why is there all their like 
fucking shitty grin on all these media people's faces and they're asking me like what do you think of the Blake video yeah. I said Blake video what are you talking about so they showed me the video why someone's recording me I'm like watching the video and I played it all like oh man like it's funny I'm like Matt for real the spin was that uh, here goes Blake making fun of you and oh you know, cause they're it, tired of playing with him like bro can we not just joke around like everybody else? that's yeah, my point like is it that not that was a spin I was like bro I gotta get him back somehow but it just I just let it I let it ride at the time again took the L what was your welcome to the NBA moment preseason playing against LeBron away you want me to tell you the story I'm gonna tell you a funny story right it's like our second or third preseason game we play against the Miami Heat in Miami right this is after them being like champions we play them in Miami, we step on the court, jump ball goes up. I'm already, me and Anthony Davis are both in like, because it's like Wade, Bosch, uh, LeBron. I'm looking at LeBron and Wade like they're not human. And my coach is screaming at me. Monty Williams is screaming at me and AD. What the flip? Because he, he doesn't cuss. He goes, what the flip are you doing? What the flip? Because you guys, stop looking at him like that. Stop looking at him. He's like, AD's like, no, 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 we got this. We got. I'm like, bro, fuck it. You know, like, you, we're playing against LeBron away, right? I steal the ball. I think Wade threw it. I stole it from him. I'm on a fast break. The crowd is like, starts rising up. In my head, I'm like, oh, they know I'm about to, they, they, they know it's up. They know it's Austin Rivers out here, right? I mean, in, my, in my immature mind, in my small mind, I thought that these people were standing up for me. No lie. Their backboard was so clean. I could see this mammoth man chasing me down. <laughs> And that's when I realized they were not standing up for me. They're standing because they thought LeBron was going to get one of his famous chase down blocks. So I'm like going full speed. I look like I like glimpse. I don't even know how I saw this. I saw this man like literally. I like went to go lay it up because I was close to the backboard. I could see him coming. I dump it back to Jason Smith because I had no parts. <laughs> Jason Smith goes to lay it up. And LeBron like just pins the shit on the glass. And I remember Jason's like, why the fuck did you lay it up? I was like. Bro, I'm sorry, bro. I, <laughs> this, I, I, just, let me, I gotta get adjusted to, this, the, to the, the speed of these guys, man. I gotta get better. You know what yeah, I mean? Like this yeah. is crazy, bro. This is a whole I was like level. ten feet in front of him, and this guy like caught me in like three seconds. I was like, oh my goodness. And AD after the game, they're all making fun of me because they kept showing the clip in the locker room. Like, yo, look at us, look at us. You, you, why are you scared, bro? Why? I was like, man. Like, that was my welcome to the moment. Yeah, I know. I hear you, man. And and not to bring up you know some bad memories, but our our, our podcast extraordinaire engineer here is a Warriors fan, so she knows all about the LeBron chase down block because that took a title away from from her. You know, shout what? out to Nat. I'm not gonna get into this because we have so much more content yeah. to talk about. I hate the Warriors <laughs> fan because they're unauthentic. Now, there are real ones out there. So to you real Warriors fans, I'm not talking to you. If you were there when B. Diddy was, was putting in work and Steven Jackson and Al Harrington, if you were there for that team, uh, Jason Richardson. Bob Sewer. Bob Sewer. <laughs> if you were there for that team, then you are a real war Warriors fan. I have a Jason Richardson jersey, so I'm a real fan. Okay. Then that, that is, you are qualified. <laughs> if, the, if you know these ex-players, Tim Hardaway, Latrell Sprewell, that's right. If you were there in the process even after that when they were hot. Because they were hot then. So like yep. people were like, I was there when Barry Davis was there. Well, I hope you were. What are you talking about? Are you talking about the I Believe? The, yeah, the believe? We Believe team. Everybody yeah. with that fan base, what happened? Those were bandwagon people because they weren't that good. As soon as they win the series, I'm a Warriors fan, bro. Come on, man. I'm talking Thanks. about the process when they drafted Steph. 
Were you the one that booed when they traded Monte Ellis? Or were you there like, I believe in this kid? Don't lie. This is L.A. But this is the Bay. Okay? You go down to Santa Monica right now, you'll see at least 10 Stephen Curry jerseys. And now it's Lakers. Now it's like... That's see that this is the difference between like Lakers fans. It's like that's all authentic love, bro. Yep, they are there every game. But like there's also year, there's also Laker fans and Kobe fans too, right? Right, there's a difference, bro. Yeah, Kobe Bryant fans are the most loyal fan base I've ever. It's insane. No, there, there's no, there's nothing you can say to these the, dudes. The way I see it, I just feel like those are the young people who never got to see MJ. So most Kobe fans are like, oh, this is my Michael Jordan. So they right. go over the top with it. But what's over the top though? Because that man was crazy. Like what is what is over the, like everything, anything a player could possibly do in a game, Kobe has done in more. So it's like I respect it, and he did it in this market for the Lakers and brought them chips with Shaq, without Shaq. Like we talked about this before, just so people know, we talked about this before we got on today. The presence of certain players. What guys have a presence like no other? And the two athletes, just not even talking about basketball. It's it's LeBron and Kobe. You remember your first time playing Kobe? Absolutely. Did he say anything to you pregame? What was that like? Yeah, he, I remember he tapped me on a. He probably doesn't remember this. He tapped me on the butt and was like, "Keep going, young fella. I see it." And this is mind you, this is midseason. I had a terrible rookie year, so to hear that from him, I was like, man, like, cause I'm I was down on myself, dude. My rookie year, I was mentally. I wasn't. I'm not gonna sit here and want people to feel bad for me. I wasn't depressed, but fuck, man. I, I, I had a rough, rough rookie year and sophomore year. I was really trying to figure myself out. So and I remember my sophomore year, Carmelo came out to me and said, bro, you like a piece or two away, bro. You like a piece or two away. You just got to get that jumper right. You get that jumper right, you're going to be hard to stop. This is my second year after already having two bad years. I'm like, man, like Melo. That's love, right? Right. That's why I was like, man, Melo's saying it. Like, he don't have to say this. Like, he don't have to say this to me. I mean, AD was a star. I yep. was just a guy trying to figure out how to get playing time. Because you and AD came in together. Number right. one pick, number together. 10 pick. Yep. And, you know, and it was AD's show. Rightfully yep. so. Look look who he is now. But at the time, my second year in the league, I was like, whatever. And I got these guys telling me, like, because they could see it. They're like, bro, you could be a r- hell of a score. I remember Melo saying that. You're going to be a hell of a score. You're like a piece two away. Like, if you can get a mid-range or a three-point jumper, you're going to be hard to guard. And those next years, that's all I worked on was three-point. Where last year, I was one of the best off-the-dribble three-point shooters. And it made me to the point where I could have a 30-point game any other night. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's this summer has all I worked on. Because now, last year, I had the big games. Now it's consistently put them together. So last year, I averaged like 15, 16 points. But that's because I'd have like a 28-point game and then an eight-point game. Or I'd have six, six assists one night and then two assists. How can I bring that to each night where I'm consistently putting in work? That, 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 that's been my biggest goal, and that's what I hope to bring, uh, most importantly with my competitive spirit to the Wizards, is just being a defender, two-way player, and in a consistent offensive force. So to hear that from them, though, I'll never forget those moments. Sounds like a good place to end the inaugural premiere yeah, man. episode. This is going to be off. fun. This is going to be fun, man. I, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this, especially when I get guests in here, too. Oh, yeah. Because we're going to get all types of guests. We're going to have entertainers, rappers, hip-hop artists, uh actors mostly athletes um i have some episodes i want to do about financial stuff get some financial advising in here just talk about money uh money management um uh, life coaches 
we're gonna be all over the place. Yep. I mean, you want to? I mean, music. You're a big fan of music. Yes, I am. When we first like linked up, you were watching Insecure. So I know you're a big TV show fan. Huge Insecure fan. Um, yes. it's you know, a it's a vibe. Random hobbies, random passions. I know cars. you're super cars. It's all I'm into. I don't um, have anything else. Yeah, that's cars, it. Cars, 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 you cars. Play a little video games every now and then. I do. Yeah. I play. Uh, uh, we just bought an old Xbox 360. Okay. So we could play the old original Halo retro. games. There you go. Yeah. yeah. We've been on that for hours. Oh, but yeah. uh, it's it's cars though. Yeah, your yeah. cars guy. And obviously, you know, you you moved to DC. You moved to the Wizards, playing with John Wall, playing with Bradley Beal. One, two, three. I like it. One, two, yeah, three. Yeah, I'm excited, man. They got yeah. a lot of talent over there. Otto Porter, shout out to Otto, Jeff Green, John. It was crazy. We're all having babies. Brad just had a baby. I have a baby. John has a baby. Doing a couple months. Uh, Jeff Green just had a baby. So my girl's actually excited that she has people she can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. There you That'll go. Hope we get to do this again pretty soon. Yeah. Any last words? No, just shout out to everybody that's going to be listening, man. This is going to be fun. Um, again, I think if you guys can see from this first episode that it's going to be fun, uh, not politically correct sometimes. We didn't even get into like the nitty. Like you should see again, the topics that we have. Like we're going to get into the nitty gritty soon. Um, this is kind of just the intro. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. This is a really, really long podcast trailer. This is essentially what this is. Like Pretty usually much. in this Pretty day much. and age, you got to put up a little trailer. <laughs> right, right, like, right, right. Hey, right, this right. is what this podcast is going to be about. This is what we did just in like much longer form. Right. Yeah. Austin likes to talk if you can't tell. So to pull the curtain back a little <laughs> bit, you know, we went and had a creative meeting. We expected it to be about, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, thereabouts. And, you know, we were there for a good four or five hours. It was a four or five hour meeting and I left exhausted yeah i was overwhelmed was to be honest because i was yeah. like dude i hope they got all these ideas down yeah. like I, I was like what we just talked for five hours do we get anything accomplished like, <laughs> but it worked out though. in other words it's a lot to come we'll be here myself now lauren the whole team just kind of helping austin get the right content out there so um yeah that's what we got all right man